Yeah. It's hard to not be spoiled in this third, you know, this first world mm-hmm. kind of world that we live in, where everything is. Our biggest problem is we have too much food. Oh, and right. Too yeah. much stuff. Too much food. And too and much entertainment. And to too the much... point where other people have too much, and then they task you with stupid jobs. So you have too much work because some other guy has too much money, and now everybody's got too much time to work on this silly project. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, this cycle of decadence. It's 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 how you can see how a stay at home mom that like her kids get to where they're late in high school and she doesn't have many errands to run for them and they you know they take care of their own rooms and everything how they get into these weird clubs that you go like why why is that so important to you like the HOA where they do the yeah. landscaping at the front of the neighborhood and you're going who has time to worry about that people well, with too much time there's people <laughs> <laughs> or and yeah. big picture that's a good problem to have. Yes. Yeah. You, you want to be, you'd rather be there than in the gulags. Totally. You know? Yeah. That's a point that Peterson makes is these are, you know, first world problems are exactly that. Like when you're in the gulags, you're not all that concerned about, um, yeah, you're not all that concerned about how your pants fit. We, uh, I did that. Did I ever show you that short documentary I did on the Polish monks that moved to Broken Arrow? No, you told me about it, but I didn't see it. I'll, I'll have yeah. to send it to you. But I listened to hours of interviews somebody did in the early 90s with them of these. Welcome to the Conspiracy Dad podcast. We'll just kick <laughs> it in here with a little yeah. history lesson. Um, they were Polish monks who, who were in Dachau and Auschwitz. And then after the war... They came to this part of Oklahoma because the the military infantry that got them out of the gulag or out of the concentration camps, they were from here. So mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't know where to go because the communists were taking over Poland and they had to leave. So they said, well, let's go serve the people that got us out of the camps. You know, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a lot of good when they came here, but they were a pretty good from the history that I researched. They were. They were holy men, but also a lot of the stories that I heard were like war messes people up. Okay. And it's like they yeah. were odd. That's a way to put it. I mean, they were they were also culturally, they were they were Polacks, you know. Yeah. They, came here. Well, they didn't understand American culture. One story was one of the priests, they were receiving reparations money from the German uh government because of the medical experiments and the war crimes that were committed against them. So, so to be clear. Are these Jewish? No, Polish Catholic. People? Okay, because I mean, most people when they think of refugees, Auschwitz, yeah, that sort yeah, of thing. that's another interesting thing that I've I learned through the process is that uh, probably because Poland was mostly Catholic, you know, Jews were a pretty small minority in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a lot of those concentration camps were mostly not Jewish. I mean, it's a really weird thing. Like, the Holocaust? I'm not denying. Oh, no, I'm saying like, <laughs> like there was like you know probably 50 percent Jewish, 50 okay. percent Catholic, and other political. A lot of them were Catholic, but probably more, not not necessarily in prison because they were Catholic, but in prison because maybe Catholic, but also other political. Okay. Like there were World War One, you know, reasons or whatever. Okay. I don't know exactly the reasons why, but there was a significant amount of the population that they weren't Jewish; they were Catholic. And so, yeah, they were put in there 
you know, and, and I've heard people argue reasons why, but I mean, I, I listened to interviews with the guys mm-hmm. and the truth is, um, they don't know why. So like several of those priests, they asked them like, well, why, why were you arrested? Why did they put you in Dachau to re- begin with? And say, I don't know. An SS officer pulled me over. He didn't like the look on my face or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, off you're going. And, you know, that's kind of the, I mean, that might be a difficult part about history is that I don't know if we'll ever have an answer. You know, there was times where they would be arrested for, or not arrested, but punished for things like they found a cabbage on the side of the road and they picked it up and ate it. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, that was state property. So you stole yeah. from the state, you're yeah. going to prison now. And um, yeah, it's complicated history, but I think, uh, I forget my original point was. Yeah, sorry, were, I didn't mean to derail you. It's just, I think most of us think of exclusively Jewish people in concentration Yeah, camps. no, it's, I mean, obviously the, the Nazis had a thing for the Jews, but uh, the they executed, like, they executed and imprisoned uh, almost all of the clergy in mm-hmm. Poland, mm-hmm. which is almost completely a Catholic, you know, country. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people. Okay. They, they, you know... Um, and it could be for religious reasons. It also could just be political reasons to think, yeah, we just don't trust those Polish people mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know. Yeah, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, the oh, the story. I forgot. Yeah. So the story of the priest was right. they came to Broken Arrow because he came here. He's getting all this reparations money from Germany. He does not understand American culture at all. So, like back in Poland, there's a culture of you know maybe less capitalism. And more just honest. He didn't. He didn't see the snake oil salesman oh. coming. You know. So there was some <laughs> yeah. sort of um, some some guy in Tulsa selling like oil rights and promising like a certain amount of return on your investment sure. that was yeah. like ridiculous. He's like the guy on the pre-roll that you probably saw for this video. That he's got his phone up and he's like, I'm going to show you how to make six figures yes, a month. exactly. Without doing anything at all. Yeah, it's, it was exactly that. Yeah. It was like, give me all your money. I'll give you 15% return every year. And he's like, ah, sounds give great. him all of it. Oh, so yeah. he did. He did. <laughs> and he lost all the money. And it was like, and all the parishioners were like, why did you, uh, why did you think? And he was but, like. He said on TV that he was yeah. it was fifteen percent return. It was on TV, and they're like all the Americans are like, it's, you don't just believe him. Well, but <laughs> you do if you are. I'm trying to take up for the Polish specifically because I think I know there's they're just stere- so dumb. No, I'm well, just <laughs> there's this stereotype that I enjoy making those jokes too. But um, after studying history, I just started thinking about like, oh man, it's probably the Nazis that started that whole bit about dumb Polish people. Right. I mean, like, that's well, where they, they were acting from. dumb. No, I'm just but you could, but, just, you could <laughs> the other day you were talking it. about projecting and how like dictators don't trust other people because they are not trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. here you've got this sweet Polish fella who it never occurred to him that somebody might take all of his money and not show him anything for it because that's never something he would do to well, somebody yeah, else. And so, or him or anyone in Poland. Like, I think yeah. culturally it'd be. They just didn't have a lot of right. that. You, you know, just, it was pretty yeah, strange. Your, your word is your bond, that sort of yeah. thing. And I realize I'm being kind of a square, not a fun dad right now, because it is fun to make fun of the Poles for being for being dumb. But it's just <laughs> lately I've had a soft spot in my heart for them. I love the Polish. I don't... Uh, 
I mean, especially after researching that documentary and uh, people, I should, I should eventually, I want to try to edit and release the full interviews because it's very telling when you hear people argue about history, you hear Holocaust deniers, you hear, um, you know, even people swinging the other way where, you know, they, you know, like you said, like you did, you assumed that Dachau was only full of Jews mm -hmm. and it's like, no, yeah. like half the population were gypsies and Catholics and just other political dissidents and people mm -hmm. that didn't, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, Germans didn't like for whatever reason, um, their story kind of gets lost, you know, and like, it's a lot of people, you know? Yeah. There's that, uh, ordinary men book that Peterson talks about, um, and I wonder, like, when you talk about some of these Polish guys going, I don't even know why I got put in that camp. Yeah, he just didn't like the look I gave him, whatever. And I wonder how much of that was miserable German soldiers that were just becoming resentful to everybody that wasn't a well, German soldier. What I think it was, and I, I'm not an expert for sure, but um, the people charged with running the camps mm -hmm. were were prisoners themselves. So they needed all of their, you know, elite soldiers on the front lines. Okay. So the people put in charge of the camps were probably people who were criminals themselves that they huh. got out of prison and said, all right, you're out of prison, but you're going to run the camps. So a lot of bad, bad people were put in charge of the concentration camps. Well, they didn't send their finest to the concentration okay. camps. They yeah. sent the guys that were, you know, probably, um, you know, not qualified to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so it's not surprising that, yeah, that you'd have a bunch of psychos, morally ambiguous, you know, torturing yeah. and and being Golly. just uh, horrific towards these people because it doesn't make sense. Why why would you send your 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 best talent to the work camps? Sure, you know, right? Yeah, you want them. these guys are just slave yeah. labor. They're making odds and ends for the mm -hmm. state. Well, they're, they're making them do work for just for the sake of making them do work a lot of the time. One of the stories there was a woman. Uh, she was a part of the church, but she was just friends with the priest. And that's why she came here. She was from Poland originally, but she somehow befriended one of the priests in New York because he had a radio show mm -hmm. and then ended up coming to Broken Arrow. But um, her story is unbelievable because she was actually an American. So her parents, this is the bad luck of Polish people at this time. So her parents left Poland, came to America have her decide to go back to Poland for whatever reason, and then they're invaded. So she's an American citizen in Poland as a child, and the Nazis invade. Mm -hmm. And she ends up getting sent off to the gulags uh, with by the with the, through the Russians or whatever. And it's it's an insane story. Like she, I've, I've read like her whole. Um, she, she didn't write a book, but she wrote like a, kind of a bio about what happened and. I mean, she's 15 and she's sent off to this Siberian work camp, no shoes, Ooh, you know, yeah, and uh, on a train for like over a month in a train car, you know, just hot, middle yeah, of yeah. summer. And then she gets there and like her job is something like clearing brush or something. So she's like barefoot, barefoot, clearing brush, yeah. clearing brush in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And she's for years she was stuck there. I just thought of a new dad hack. What is that? I mean, this is not a new dad hack. Always keep an extra just... pair of shoes. Well, there's one, yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy, Jody, you know, a T Bone yeah. played for PZ. He he was dead set against flip flops 
because it was what if you ever need to run or get in a fight yeah um but i just was thinking like that's a classic you know when your daughter's complaining about not having the new iphone it's kind of well you're at least you're not in a gulag barefoot yeah. clear and brush <laughs> yeah you think you've got problems so well, did you have a dad hack uh for this episode um yeah i had one or two one was uh just this evening i was talking with some other buddies about how important it is to know just kind of keep an inventory of where the bathroom is and i think that's good for grown-ups in general you know like in case you got to do a emergency number two but also as a dad <laughs> i know some of your history that's <laughs> i think you're coming at this a little bit a little bit uh you know different perspective yeah i didn't than I share am. that bit of information with we don't need to go guys. public yeah. with that <laughs> that's gonna be like but a, i understand why be like uh what what is that uh a premium subscription <laughs> <laughs> we'll offer that story my wife doesn't even know that story she listens to this podcast. Now she's yeah. going to ask you about it. She doesn't want to know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say. So So the other reason is because when you got young kids and you're at a store, inevitably they need to go to the bathroom at the least opportune time. So, um, or if you're in the car, they need to go to the bathroom out of nowhere. And we all kind of settled on uh, Lowe's is kind of like your best bet if there's an emergency and you're out and about. Meaning they're most they have locations. The most most likely they're, to have a bathroom. They're right off the highway. They have a, just a line of stalls, and very few of them are occupied. Even better than McDonald's, though? Yeah, because McDonald's, it's a roll of the dice in terms of... that's What I'm thinking of is everybody thinks McDonald's. So mm. you're driving on a family trip, and you're If there was a mass breakout of some sort of... Uh, dysentery dysentery or whatever like everyone's <laughs> yeah. gonna go to mcdonald's and you want to go yeah yeah it's a little bit like that so if i'm on the highway and my six-year-old says i need to go to the bathroom and i look you know for the mile marker there hopefully there's one of those you know like lately you notice there's gas stations there's you know a couple of chick-fil-a signs or whatever but oftentimes you'll see a lowe's, lowe's yeah yeah so go to lowe's there are many many stalls and because it's a home improvement store, all the stalls, the little latches are always in good order. They work. <laughs> Soap stocked <laughs> up. Um, and it's just not the first place people think of for a bathroom stop. And so you, while the other parents may be having a bathroom emergency. And also, if for some strange freak reason, the bathroom was completely like t like lying out the door. Uh-huh. You have a you bathroom a section. <laughs> you can just go over to a toilet in the bathroom section and be like, I just got to go. Or their you know? buckets are only like they got $3. Buckets. <laughs> they, have, they have so many places you could shit. This is... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so even if the bathrooms don't work, oh, man. you could just go out to the lawn and garden section yeah. and just shit anywhere you want. They would welcome it in the lawn and garden <laughs> section. Go do it in the flowers. I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> These are going to look great tomorrow. <laughs> Your perennials, <laughs> second to none. Okay. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good dad hack. Yeah. Okay. My dad hack was um, in regards to Halloween's coming up. Uh -huh. And I did this one year. If you have kids who are like probably, probably age three to six, maybe seven, this is a great dad hack. So what you do is if, and some of it's seasonal, like you just kind of maybe pay attention to the, uh, to the calendar and the, uh, I don't know what they call the astro astrological calendar yeah, yeah. or whatever, uh -huh. but it's full moon. When you got a full moon out, 
And I did this when my daughter was probably four and we're driving home and it's a full moon from something. And I noticed it's a full moon. So you, what you do is you, you just really serious. You say, you know, Oh man, I said, uh, it's a full moon. It's like, Oh gosh. Hey guys, when we get home, <laughs> if, uh, if I start acting strange, if like, if like you look at my hand and it starts to get kind of hairy, I'm going to go into the closet, lock me in there and don't, whatever happens, don't let me out. Mm -hmm. And when I said it, it was awesome. Cause it's just like this silence in the car. <laughs> and then I hear this little voice like, daddy, you're not going to change. Are you? Or something like that. She's like freaking out. She starts crying. <laughs> so, Take advantage of these moments. I guess yeah. the dad hack is like, look for opportunities to scare the crap out of your kids when they're young. Cause you only get it for a little time. Like she believed me. She believed that I was going to turn into a werewolf and she was terrified for a yeah. split second. Yeah. Another time was we went to a, uh, we had some friends, we were doing like a, a fall, it was in Broken Bow, like a cookout or whatever, and went mm -hmm. out in the woods making like fire, making pizzas on the firewood thing or whatever. And I bought a uh, werewolf mask oh, on the way cool. out there. Yeah. So I give it to my buddy and I'm like, hey, go around back and like hide. And uh, so then we start telling stories about the white werewolf of Broken Bow. And same thing, take advantage of those years because yeah. like, we start telling the story and then my buddy starts walking out of the woods Ooh. and there's only about 10 seconds <laughs> where they're screaming yeah. and they're freaking out. Yeah. Then one smart kid goes, that's, that's, that's Mr. Clark. I know I saw him go in the house, you uh -huh. know, but it's magic for all those other kids, a terrifying magic, but a magic, you know, for those of you that think that this is mean, um, I was just thinking, well, you do this and then, say 15 years later, your child is a refugee in a foreign country and somebody comes up and asks them to invest a bunch of money into some scheme and your kid is streetwise by this yeah. point because you played some pranks on him and they go, no. Uh, I think you want to have a healthy... Okay, think about it this way. Do you want a dad... And I don't know if this applies to your dad or my dad or any, any dads, but do you want a dad who's never pulling any practical jokes on you? No, you need a. You need, you want you want a little as a bit dad, of mischief from the dad. There's yeah. a certain amount of like you, you should look for opportunities to mm -hmm. scare the shit out of your kids, right? I think yeah, it's a I good think dad. So. Yeah, I mean you you obviously you know know when to say that's sure. You know, hey, it's yeah. just a joke. I'm not really going to eat you tonight. He didn't run out of the forest and then push them into the fire, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So. so, I think that's a great dad hack. I'm going to go home and scare my kids tonight. Scare them to death. <laughs> it's not that hard to do when they're like under five. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. it's when they get like seven, eight, they start to get a little bit, they might know what's going on. Something's yeah. funny. Yeah. My son wouldn't go for something like that, but my daughter might. And if you try it, let me know how golly, it goes. I don't know if I've got the. You can't, you can't tell your wife about it though. Oh, for sure. You just no. do it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I mean, she would have been down with it anyway, but I didn't want to risk it. That, uh, I didn't want to risk her like blabbing out too soon. Oh, like, he's just joking. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, you know. No. Mom's going to make it. I might kill you tonight. Don't it's, open that door. If they don't believe it, it's not It's not effective. So, uh, again, welcome to the the uh, Conspiracy Dad podcast. But if you haven't guessed, we're doing a Halloween episode. Yeah. I'm going to insert a bunch of Halloween noises right there. I don't oh, know what I'll have. That's but fun. Do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Hmm. I'll share mine while you Great. wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet 
Frankenstein. Oh, wow. You ever seen That's that one? pretty specific. Yeah. It's the best of all of the Abbott and Costellos, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it's it's amazing. It's got Wolfman. It's got Dracula. It's got Frankenstein, all mm-hmm. the old school actors. And we grew up watching it. That's probably why I like it. But my kids like it, too. We yeah. watch it. No, I don't have that. I mean, Scream comes to mind because it's kind of the first of its kind. That's, I mean, a pretty general answer thing about me with halloween is like my mom was into a weird like billy graham or you phase uh during the my formative years and so we weren't allowed to celebrate halloween like not even yeah yeah trick or treat we had to hide in the back bedroom and like you would hear the doorbell ringing while the other kids were out trick-or-treating and you were just sitting in this room and my mom tried to pull this here's why moms are lame she tried to get convince us, this is just like, I mean, look, we're having popcorn, we're watching a movie, we're having fun. It's not like that, no. because everyone else in the neighborhood yeah. is doing something else. And they else. just keep ringing the doorbell, reminding me that I'm not out there doing the fun thing that they're doing. And you know what my mom does now? She gives, she loves it. She gives she away all the candy. She makes costumes for my kids. Oh, yeah. 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 It's and the she, best. Yeah, she hands them candy. Yeah. she's You, you Protestants, man. Was that really straight from Billy Graham? Did he go like on an anti-Halloween kick I don't know if it was only Billy Graham. We were going, it's getting really Getting real. (laughs) We were going to Victory Christian Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the uh, early 90s. Yeah, like early 90s, mid 80s. I say it like I know, I don't know. I don't know if they're to blame exactly, but I don't know where else my mom would have got the idea that we're not allowed to do Halloween. And... You know, my wife, when she's listening to this, is going to roll her eyes because I go on this soapbox every time. (laughs) But it makes me crazy that churches do trunk or treat as an alternative to Halloween because you're just celebrating Halloween. Now, we don't do it as an alternative. It's just a, uh, it's an addition. Well, it's got, so I, in my. Is that a Protestant thing? Well, the way I recall it. Because we're doing it now so, as Catholics, but is that is that started well, as like an anti Halloween thing? So, you know, like you were talking about history, people remember it from their point of view, uh-huh. their perspective. Um, Victory did a trunk or treat, which I thought was really back in the nineties. Yeah, like that would be like saying um, we're we don't celebrate Mardi Gras because it's a lot of debauchery, but here at church this week we are going to wear a bunch of masks and serve a bunch of booze and we are going to play a lot of jazz music and we're going to call it Christ Gras. <laughs> um, that's my problem with that. Now, these days, most trunk or treats are kind of, a lot of those are kind of like a safe environment alternative. Hey, maybe you don't want to go trick or treat. That's sh- funny because we've been doing it for years mm-hmm. at our church. I never even thought about if it. But church- now I'm wondering if we're like adopting the commands of our oppressors by pretending to celebrate trunk or treat instead if of Halloween. If a church says, hey, we're celebrating Halloween, we're doing trunk or treat, I'm totally good with that. If a church says, we don't celebrate Halloween because God doesn't like it, yeah, but we do have this other party where we hand out candy to kids in costumes on I think we probably October did it 31st. just to try to like uh steal away yeah, like like get on the bandwagon of the trunk or treat if it's an outreach we definitely thing, celebrate fine. halloween mm-hmm. um is, there's no anti-halloween but it kind of bugs me now that it's like were we trying to be like them <laughs> like we we have halloween well you know what's funny when you all brought Hall- it up. why don't we do it on all hallows eve why yeah. do we do it on you know the week before when you brought it up like is this a big billy graham thing i'm thinking like uh 
yeah, well, I don't think this ever would have happened in the Catholic Church because you guys have doctrinally, like, it's got to get vetted anytime yeah. there's a change made. So, like, the fact that you worked a trunk into it was like, <laughs> you just were friends with the car show guys. Yeah. And sure. you're like, hey, car show guys, do you want to come decorate your cars uh-huh. and hand out? It's an odd thing to think trunk or treat. And now that I think about it, that's a weird. It is weird. It's really weird. Like, they could have come up with any. And other now kind it's of... like anybody, a Honda Civic can pull up and decorate oh, sure. their Civic and hand yeah, out yeah. candy. Why? Why even do that? That doesn't make any sense. And ours is huge. Like we have over a thousand yeah, kids show up at ours. Fun. It's a lot of kids. Yeah. But why? Why would you even do that? It's a weird thing. It it sort of sounds like trick the word trunk, but yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah. I I don't know. That's. It's, it sounds like something that people started doing without asking any questions, and they just they just this is did how it. it happens. This is how this is how people do things. So, well, I digress from. I didn't have a great Halloween movie, but partly because I wasn't. Did you allowed. ever watch Ernest Scared Stupid? That was another favorite growing up. No, I mean I know the Ernest movies, but I didn't see that one specifically. Uh I don't think it's his best. Ernest no. Saves Christmas is his best. That's a classic. <laughs> but yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid is definitely the second best. I mean, I think it has like, it has a, a famous kid actor in it. I can't remember. It's um, it's somebody when you watch it, you'll realize and be like, yeah, yeah. They went on to be like famous for something. Anyway, so this episode, we thought we'd, it'd be fun to talk about ghosts because Halloween mm-hmm. ghosts. And um, we've talked before a bit about my anecdotal study of when I meet people, mm-hmm. I like to ask them if they've ever seen a UFO and also if they've ever seen a ghost. And I have found that like, well, I did it at the gig the other weekend. I asked the crowd, you know, I think more people said they'd seen a ghost than yeah. believe in UFOs. Mm-hmm. So I think there's been studies done on this where surveys done where they ask and it's something like roughly 50% of the world says they believe in ghosts, yeah. which is, it's a lot of people that say they believe in ghosts. Um, so whether or not you believe in ghosts, that's not really the point. The point is a lot of people believe in ghosts. And I have, I have never seen a ghost. I don't know. If, have you ever seen a ghost? Nope. Anything that you thought might be a ghost? No. No? No. I haven't either. And Actually, I'm fine with, I, I don't care to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't bother me too much. I mean, one of the ghost stories I heard today was, you know, this woman's reporting this paranormal stuff. And then these paranormal investigators come into her house for like tea and biscuits or whatever. And some cup gets thrown across the room and she just decides like, well, let's go in the den instead of this in the kitchen. And I'm just going, why are you hanging out? I would be gone so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not real keen on seeing a ghost. That's probably why I bought a newer house instead of an older house. Cause I don't want, (laughs) is that really why (laughs) Why, why you like this neighborhood? Uh, here there's not a lot of ghosts. So (laughs) 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 that other neighborhood is Indian burial ground. Yeah. It's a little dicey. I don't know. I do like, uh, gentrified neighborhoods because they got character. Yeah. Seems like there'd probably be a lot of ghosts. Like PZ's house probably has ghosts. <laughs> oh, he's got ghosts. Ted's um, house probably has ghosts. Well, through the course of my anecdotal study about ghosts, I, I what I'll do is I'll meet people that I don't know 
usually if I'm interviewing them for a video production kind of setting, and I'll ask them that if they've ever seen a ghost. And I've heard, I'm going to share a couple of the ghost stories firsthand from people that I know that I find to be credible, really successful. They're the kind of people that honestly, they would never tell you their ghost story. So I thought it'd be fun to share those. And, you know, are they lying to me? Are they telling the truth? I, I don't know. But um, I don't know any reason why they would lie to me. I mean, so for example, the first one would be, I'm not going to name it, but it's a doctor here in Tulsa who sells products that maybe a lot of people have uh, used. <laughs> so he's, he's a very successful person okay. is my yeah. point. And I had just met him for the first time and we're about to do an interview. And I said that just to break the ice, like, Hey, I just asked people this to break the ice. Have you ever seen a ghost? And I'm not expecting, I'm expecting, no, I'm expecting like, ah, oh, no, yeah. no. He's like real serious all of a sudden. He's like, actually, yes, I have. Okay. Tell me this story. So I'm not going to name his name obviously, cause I didn't talk to him about this, but, um, and I, he wouldn't be okay with it. He doesn't like to tell his story. So he, he was very serious when he's telling me this. He's like, okay, so my family, we owned a ranch. It was just outside of Tulsa. And uh, we had it for gen a couple generations. And so we would see this woman on the ranch that we called the Pioneer Woman. And you'd see her like out in the field or you'd see her like at a distance. Mm -hmm. You would see a woman walking around that was dressed in like Pioneer Day clothes. And they talked like the family would joke about it or talk about it for generations, like for a long time. They knew about this. And they, anytime something weird would happen, they say, ah, oh, probably pioneer mm -hmm. woman, yeah. you know, they would wake up. And, and he said, this is so weird. He said there was things like she didn't like men. So like one of the things that happened was all the families were out there doing something. They go to bed. They wake up the next day and all of the men's shoes are tied together, like the laces tied together sitting okay, by the door yeah. and the women's aren't. And so she would do like little gimmicky things like that to mess with the men all the time. So fast forward a few years ago, they sell the ranch. And when they sell the ranch, he doesn't tell the buyers anything about no, the would... ghost that haunts the ranch. because they don't yeah, want to... I would leave that yeah, out. It's not exactly a selling point. Yeah. So he sells the ranch. And then a year or so goes by and he is uh, stops in this town near the ranch and there's one bar and he goes there going to buy a drink and the, the owners of the new ranch are there that they sold it to. And he goes up to him and he says, hey, how's things going out the ranch or whatever? And this guy launches into the exact same story telling right away, like kind of weird. We had this woman that people keep seeing. Pioneer. He hadn't told him anything about it. And so my buddy, the doctor that, uh, you know, used to own it, he doesn't even tell him, he doesn't even affirm. He said he was just so weirded out about it. He was like, I got to go. And he mm. just left. So the new owners of the ranch, they don't even know that the old owners have decades of experience with the same phenomenon that he's having to deal with now. Yeah. And to me, you know, and my buddy was like, dude, it's a ghost. <laughs> I don't want to tell you, but there's a ghost out at that ranch. So I hope it's not too early in the podcast to ask you this. How, where does, where do ghosts fit into the Catholic? Ooh, I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So if you're a Christian, 
Catholic or otherwise. Um, that was an interesting thing that I started researching for this podcast. And it's interesting because the debate, I feel like I don't have a, a doctrinal, like, like theological letter from the Pope telling mm -hmm. me exactly what we think. But the truth is, if you're a Christian, there's a lot of modern Christians, probably guys like you and me that would say, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in this whole ghost thing. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I hate to break it to you, but if you're a Christian, you definitely believe in ghosts. Like that is a, it's a very modern phenomenon to be like, nah, I don't believe in ghosts. All of your ancestors believe in ghosts, all of them. <laughs> like, they, like the idea that even you go back into scripture and, you know, Jesus is walking on water and the disciples were terrified because yeah. thought he was a ghost. they thought he was a ghost. Yeah. Like being a pioneer like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> there are ghosts all throughout Christian history. And so I listened to um, a podcast with Jimmy Aiken, who's a, he's a Catholic apologist. That's um, really good. And he was, uh, I think he was talking to Matt Frad, but they were talking about ghosts and ghost stories and, um, so St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, uh, he believed in ghosts hundred percent. And he said ghosts were several things. Like it, it's not necessarily one thing. And so some of it was, he was, he was explaining that the, the English language is a combination mostly of Latin and German. Mm -hmm. And so in Latin, uh, ghost would be spirit or, um, spiritus. And in German, it'd be spirit is geist. Mm, so mm -hmm. the word ghost is just really a blend of the two, okay, yeah. and it just means spirit. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, you definitely believe in spirits. Okay, yeah. And spirits of your dead ancestors, spirits of saints, spirits of, and even spirits of demonic spirits. And so, you know, a ghost could be, you know, in the, in the Catholic understanding, according to Aquinas, I mean, it could be a uh, somebody in purgatory you know a soul in purgatory yeah trying yeah. to communicate with uh ancestors usually for like prayers or for uh you know prayers to 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 you know one day not be in purgatory um or it could be demonic it could be demons trying to scare you trying to scare you away from god mm -hmm. or you know scare you into temptation um but yeah as a catholic i think I don't want to speak for the Catholic Church, but I I think the history of the church is pretty strong on ghosts are a thing. The uh yeah, it's it's sort of like a lot of conversations you hear in and around aliens where it's they're not all grays. Mm -hmm. You know, like different species of aliens. If if we're gonna buy into the idea that there are aliens and there's life outside of our universe. Well, then why wouldn't it stand to reason there are more than one type of aliens? And then, yeah, you go, okay, well, if there are spiritual yeah, if there's a beings... Whole, if, there are whole, if there is a whole spiritual plane of existence, mm -hmm. it's not going to all be the same thing. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. going to have good and bad. And... Well, you talk about demons. Uh, there was, uh, in my research, I heard about uh, the Japanese have an urban legend about a ghost that, mm. or a type of ghost that tries to convince you to... Uh, commit suicide um and sounds like a demon and I, yeah exactly so yeah that's what came to mind when you brought that up like to convince you to do certain things that a demon might want you to do 
their ideology behind that is that there's some kind of a there's some type of incentive for that ghost to get you to commit suicide. It's like they get to take your spot if you give hmm. it up, that sort of a thing. Is this a Buddhist thing? Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know the like the origins of it, hmm. other than it's a Japanese urban legend. Well, I do know because I've I've had that conversation with priests and other Catholic friends, and there's some that are. There's a lot of modern that like they kind of go like I don't think that we actually believe in ghosts and I'm always the one going like Holy Ghost we pray to the Holy Ghost <laughs> I feel like we believe in ghosts yeah. it's just you just don't want to admit it you believe like it's thirty percent of what you believe in I mean it's yeah the, one of the it's one, one of the legs of the, of the, the Holy Trinity yeah yeah so do Protestants believe in ghosts Well we call it the Holy Spirit. You don't times, say Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost, yeah. I mean, that gets you used. Do. You, you just get, don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. I don't want to speak for all the Protestants. I just... You know, I'm just saying, like, growing up, do, do your uh, do, do your people, <laughs> do they believe in ghosts? <laughs> your, this is good... Your mom might have an opinion this, on this. I mean, maybe oh, that's geez. why she didn't want to yeah. do the Halloween thing. Like, maybe she takes it very seriously and... Maybe, yeah. yeah. Ghosts are definitely a thing. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk about ghosts other than not a lot of the Holy Spirit sermons on ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, what are you supposed to you know do? What's with funny that? is that I'm friends with the pastor at, at Stillwater. And I thought you were going to say a victory, and, victory, and I was yeah. like, "You're going to tell him about what I said." No, uh, and uh, I asked him one time. I go out there periodically. I go out there and I said, um, "Father, hey, it's good to see you." I was like, "Hey, got any good uh, ghost stories for me?" Because that's what I talk about. Sure, and. Uh, and he's no, I did ask him like, do you have uh, people out here? You get any many exorcisms? You get people calling you to come, you know, sprinkle holy water on their yeah. house? And he's like, ah, it's funny. He's like, actually, the funny thing is, we do uh, every month or so, but they're not Catholics. And he's like, what we get is a lot of times a Protestant pastor will call us and tell us they have somebody <laughs> telling them about a poltergeist in their house and they don't know what to do about it. So they're asking us if we'll go take a go look yeah, at it. Yeah. And I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, well, I go out there, I sprinkle some holy water and I tell them they're okay. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> really... I, I bring up the Necronomapod yeah. podcast quite a bit. Um, and one of the ones I was listening to today just doing some digging around for ghost stories. Um, one of the guys on the podcast, one of the hosts, his name's Dave, and he is almost like jumps at the chance to be dismissive about anything religious, about anything spiritual. He's always the one that like loves to like mm -hmm. crack jokes about it. And even in that episode, he's kind of, Oh yeah, that's because the Bible said that. <laughs> and, uh, but then one of the ghost stories was talking about, these beings that are walt walking around the planet that don't know they're dead. So kind of like a purgatory mm. type of idea. And like, you could hear it. Like, you know, that there's no atheists in foxholes expression. <laughs> he goes, you mean they don't know? <laughs> that sounds terrifying. I don't even want to, you mean they just, they just walk around and they don't even, I mean, I'd want to know. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, he was, he was really confident like five minutes ago until all of a sudden it was a possibility. Did you see a ghost? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the other guys I know, I'm not going to name names, but engineer type dude, like very 
very matter of fact kind of guy. Actually, I was shocked that he brought this up, but he has one of the best ghost stories. So his wife's mother died suddenly and it was tragic and they were sad. Everything was, it was a very difficult thing. Like at the hospital died. And so they, the, the day that she died, they go back to that night. They're back at her parents' house with her dad and her and, and him. And they're sitting around the kitchen table and they just really in shock about what had just happened. And my buddy, he's like you to me, like you're the father-in-law. There's a door to another room in the house behind him. So I'm the widower? Yeah. Okay. And the light's out in the mm -hmm. rest of the house. So it's like the kitchen is lit. And then there's like a room leading to somewhere. They're talking and they're talking. And he's like, he looks up and he sees in the doorway behind his father-in-law, a glowing face of a woman. And he's shocked and he's almost like, what? And as he sees it, they make eye contact. And this face just like this and like whips away. Like in a <laughs> like in a Spielberg movie. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it was like it looked like something out of like Ghostbusters or something. Yeah. So it wasn't a body, it was just a head. It was just this face. And then all of a sudden just whipped away when it realized he saw it. And so <laughs> my buddy's like, he didn't know what to do. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell did you do? Oh my God. And he's yeah. like, I just was like, we gotta go. We gotta go now. And he didn't tell anybody what was going on. He was like, he just he got his wife and he's like, we just gotta go. And they left and uh She's like, what's going on? This is weird. Like, you're like all of a sudden you're like, you have to leave. We have to leave. And they get in the car and she's like bugging her. So finally he's like, he, he freaking tells her. <laughs> so he's like, and then, uh, she ends up telling the dad. So he's like, don't tell him no, no. And she tells him. <laughs> and then he's like convinced like something's significant going on. Obviously there was something. And so I think for like the next like week, like every night they went back and tried to recreate sure. that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sitting there going like, oh, there's nobody here. I don't, nobody came. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was, he's adamant. He And again, he's another one that he doesn't like to tell that story. <laughs> like he's, in, he's embarrassed to tell it. He told it because he's a good friend, but um, you know, I believe him. I think that he saw something. He's, he's just not the kind of guy that tells ghost stories ever. Sure, yeah. He's just like, dude, I saw something that I cannot explain. And you know, it's such a, it's such a specific thing to say, like, I yeah. saw a glowing woman's face, mm -hmm. like in the shadows all of a sudden. And then it just whipped away. It's very strange. That's just classic wife move. You confide <laughs> and you say, please oh, don't he was, tell. He was so unhappy. <laughs> please don't tell the one don't person that this anyone. would affect the most. Yes. And then she goes, we have I know to what go I'm back do. and I have to tell him. <laughs> That's funny. So that's uh, that's two of my personal yeah. ghost stories. Um, both I know for maybe for the audience, uh, you, you're just gonna have to trust me. But uh, yeah, for me personally, I've never seen a ghost, but I know quite a few people that say, "Yeah, I've seen a ghost," and they're good people, credible people. You know, I don't know. But you researched a couple of yeah, more got a well few... known ghost stories yeah, to share, yeah, and, and I'm gonna kind of zip through these. Uh, Partly because... Before we do it, though, pretend that there's a campfire right here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so okay, you're great. like getting yeah. in the right mood. Yeah. And tell me, it like, we're at scout camp. Once upon a time, there was an eerie house with... A, I thought you were going to say an eerie Pennsylvania. An eerie... <laughs> um, 
there was a woman, much like your engineer friend, who did not subscribe to a lot of these. Uh, she, you know, this was like like late forties, early fifties, where mm. science was beginning to be more at the forefront of culture, and uh, spiritual things were getting to be less and less of a like cultural, you know, norm. And uh, she was more like heavy into science. She got this really bad... Like Nacho Libre. Jeez. Uh, (laughs) You've got to believe in science. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's the best. (laughs) He says, it's so funny because he sounds so Italian through the whole movie. It's like the worst Spanish accent ever done. It just sounds like Mario and Luigi. Hey, I like the science. And, and he's so likable that like no one calls him out. It's yeah. like, dude, this that's, that's a terrible how, Mexican accent. <laughs> this does feel like we're around a campfire. Uh, <laughs> this woman, she gets a terrible a heartache. <laughs> no, she got a stomach ache, and uh, so she's bedridden for about uh, a week. And she thought it had something to do with her pancreas. Where did this happen? This was in. The, the woman's name is Alma, Alma Fielding, um, and you can Google. There's a Wikipedia on it, um, and then looks like there's some books and maybe some films on it as well. Um, but uh, the short version of this story is she thought she had some kind of something wrong with her pancreas, um, but then she started to believe possibly that there she was like getting taken over by a ghost because this is the one where I was hearing stories about um, like tea kettles getting thrown across the mm-hmm. room and like it was, it was multiple days where she's in her house with her husband and they're sitting talking and then like you'd hear a crash in the kitchen you go out and the, a glass had fallen off the counter which that's not all that strange I mean that could happen especially if your wife's like mine and leaves them like right on the edge of the counter. Um, But then like you'd go back in the living room to get settled and another one would crash. And it was like they were starting to bang up against the wall with great force. Um, And this was happening enough to where she had the newspaper come out, you know, they're, they start looking into it and that's the account of where the newspaper guys show up. And this newspaper had like a, you know, a couple guys that were on their staff that were the ghost and paranormal mm, type yeah, yeah. researcher type guys. And uh, yeah, sure enough, they go in, there's a big crash, you know, one of the teacups gets thrown against the wall. And yeah, instead of doing their meeting in the kitchen, they decide they're just going to go ahead and sit down in the living room instead. <laughs> Whereas huh. I would have been out of there. Um, <laughs> and then one of the more uh, well-known paranormal investigators of the time like in england came in and did the research um and i if i understand the story correctly i'm pretty sure he figured out that her husband was just throwing stuff the house. so that was a little bit of a bust <laughs> i don't know what drove her to do that though because she was not into ghosts up until this stomach ache incident and then she kind of mm. just decided his his take was that she had some kind of a psychosis that was bringing on this paranormal i mean i i guess that would be most like if you google or youtube um because i know because i did like 
ghost stories or ghost like there's a ton of mm-hmm. science explains that ghosts aren't real. Yeah. Scientist proves that Brian Cox explained to you why ghosts aren't real. It's like, oh, good grief. Yawn. Thank you. Yes. Half of the world believes in ghosts and let Brian Cox tell me why they're not real. I mean, that's why you got to watch what I watched this afternoon at the dentist office. I was watching the History Channel and William Shatner was the one hosting the show. That dude believes in ghosts. Yeah. Tell me he does. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, don't watch Brian Cox explain yeah. that they, they aren't real. Watch William Shatner and he will explain take you further down real. the rabbit hole. <laughs> William Shatner today was talking about, um, one section of the show was talking about twins having a, uh, you know, connection, you know, like there was say a conjoined, <laughs> well, like they're connected. That's the, right. <laughs> well, the idea, <laughs> you can go nowhere, buddy. Butt. Yeah. <laughs> They're sisters. They're two of a kind. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, no but twins, even mothers, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's lots of stories of mothers knowing their kids are dead before they actually know Yeah, it, yeah. This you know? was a story of twins where, like, one of them was, you know, not even in the same house as the other, and she just got this bad feeling about her sister, and then she zips over to her sister's apartment and finds her sister has had some kind of a cardiac arrest in her own Wow. in her bedroom and so she takes her sister to the emergency room saves her life um but then the fun story that was in that account was you know william shatner's what was his story as, as if that weren't weird enough <laughs> um was you know the idea was can you transplant a soul is a soul is it cased in your body is it in a mm. vessel because there are people with schizophrenic stories of multiple personalities or whatever. Um, well, no, not that, but I mean, yeah, that's something weird too. But like is a multiple personality somebody with just two souls trapped in one body? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Um, this this section or this article, what do you call it? a segment? Um, this segment was on people getting duh, organ transplants, and like suddenly they have a newfound interest in woodworking. And, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and they, this girl claims to have these like weird kind of flashback style memories of stuff that I've she heard knows that. she's never experienced. Yeah. I've heard of that with uh, something to do with like a, a World War II pilot. Yeah, yeah. So like having all these memories like of, yeah. of World War II, like a kid having mm-hmm. them and being like, yeah, this how girl, does he know all that? She did some research to find out where her new liver came from. And it came from a guy who happened to be a big into carpentry and you know i think they've done studies on mice and rats with like a genetic memory hmm. and it's i can't remember the exact details but it's like they do things to manipulate one generation of rats physically mm-hmm. and they it's they, they carry over to the next generation like the next like little things but they'll like manipulate their environment mm-hmm. in a way and it's like the next generation will start acting a certain way yeah just based on like remember like they remember something from another generation that was a comment i heard on a different interview in the last couple days that had nothing to do about ghosts but this kind of like well if we're made up of all these atoms and cells and we all have memories as a culture you know cultures you know like as a society we we tend to have a kind of collective memory we all think Mm -hmm. polish people are dumb (laughs) and um, so what if your cells do the same thing? They all work together in your body doing their jobs and they all collectively store memories from your brain. Maybe. I mean, and I mean, if your brain is going to like 
on a biological level, if your brain is storing memories, physically what's happening is there's electricity firing and, you know, neurons are doing their stuff and blood's traveling through and water's traveling, making all this happen. Well, the blood flows all through your body. So, I mean, if you're really getting kooky, you could say, well, like your memories travel from your brain down through your fingertips into your toes. So you've got into your liver because hmm. that filters everything that filters your memories and then you give your liver to some 21 year old girl and all of a sudden she's into playing guitar and writing scripts about you know different it's not crazy i stuff. mean it makes sense i mean i i've always i mean my thought is like i think that the body is like a a receptor you know what i mean like it's like like your soul and your body work together but like your your body is like receiving your soul somehow mm, mm -hmm. that's the tradition that's their traditional christian understanding would be like the soul animates the body mm -hmm. and so um you animate it enough you feel like there might be some residual memories yeah like some yeah some imprints in mm -hmm. that liver that just yeah well you pass on to the next and there's a little crossover there where you know it's picking up a little residual memory from another person or something. I, I, I tell know. you, the more I think about the liver specifically, since that's <laughs> like the coffee filter of your body. Yeah. Like, well, if anything was going to hang on to your soul, it would be your liver. At least what you ate. Yeah. Which sometimes you are what you eat. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, I've got one more account that I, oh, before you do it, I had an, uh, uh, an adding cause you were talking about Shatner. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, Dan Aykroyd is big ghost oh, right. guy. Yeah. And the reason that Ghostbusters about, Okay, yeah. Well, the reason it worked is because he believes 100% in ghosts. So he so actually he, had a like And a, his a family has the knowledge to use. Yeah, his yeah. family they're like they're Catholic but they're also like mystic Catholics. Like kind of a weird Rosicrucian kind of I don't even know like, what they were Not called. Not Protestant. Well, still Catholic. So Catholics that I know, like I okay, I know a buddy who his aunt. Okay, this is weird. Actually, they're neighbors with Dan Aykroyd in Canada. It's like growing up. That is and she so cool. Was like they were into like seances and like she's a clairvoyant or whatever you would call it. Like she's she's like a medium yeah. or whatever. That was more common. 50, 60 years yeah. ago. And so, yeah. but she would be called, like the, the police would call her for investigations. They'd be looking for like a, a missing person and she would like, no, 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 no. And like, they're over here and they'd find them. That's a good way to get arrested for suspicion. Of yeah. So anyway, fast forward. <laughs> I, was, I was at a dinner with my, so it's my friend's aunt and with our pastor <laughs> And he's explaining this, that like she is uh, well known for being kind of a medium or whatever. And my pastor's like, you need to stay 100% away from that. Like that is, that is really not good. And so it's funny that like, yeah. And then the fact that, yeah, they were actually neighbors with the Ackroyds. And then if you go back, the Ackroyds were, they would do that kind of stuff. They were into like weird, which it's also weird if you think about like now it's weird. But if you go back to the 90s. Like freaking Nancy Reagan was having seances in the White House. Hillary Clinton that. was having seances in the White House. Like there was a point in like the 90s where calling up spirits from the dead was a pretty 
normal, weirdly. You can look up a speech with Hillary Clinton talking about communing with the dead spirit of Eleanor Roosevelt. Seriously. Like, and in Bill Clinton talking about it and talking about like, oh, the night before Hillary was talking to Eleanor. And it's one of these things like you, you hear it and you think, oh, that's kind of cute. But if you stop and you think like, wait a minute, this person is a secretary of state. Yeah. Are you, do you really think that you're talking to a ghost at night? Because you're supposed to be protecting a lot of embassies right now. <laughs> and, and if you're hearing ghosts, you should probably be, get a psyche valve. Look that yeah. up. Like, look, I'm, look. Uh, Bill Clinton talking about yeah. Hillary Clinton. I think I broke Google with that one because it's it'll taken, come up. Yeah. It's it's a thing. So, did you find that clip? Book says Hillary Clinton talks to the dead. Yeah. June twenty second, nineteen ninety six. This is uh, the first thing that came up, which looks like it's just a clip from CNN. Is my internet not working very well? It strangely, it just seems to not be working well when I'm looking up Hillary Clinton stuff. I think it's because we're talking about ghosts. Yeah, that could be. Anyway, I forget where I was going with that point, but well, I think were... I was just pointing out that like back in the '90s, for some reason, people got a pass for saying some pretty outlandish stuff where they'd say. You know, yeah, I was talking to a, the ghost of Eleanor Roosevelt last night, and she told me that, you know, we should do this in Libya tomorrow. And it's like, why is no one else going, hey, that's a, that seems strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you're the one that said this before, but when you're in the middle of a historical moment, sometimes you don't realize that's what's happening. Yeah. And I've been in situations where somebody said something really odd and then an hour later, I asked somebody, like, did he just say he was talking to Eleanor Roosevelt or whatever it was? And somebody goes, yeah, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what happened in that room. She said something that's, like that. What do you think of your secretary of state? Of course. Now, there, I found the video of Bill Clinton. It looks like here he's saying that his wife, quote, communed with the spirit of Eleanor Roosevelt appeared and was it was widely or it was subsequently widely circulated so uh the video is real and with the exception of the spooky mood music the clip has not been deceptively edited this footage shows clinton speaking at a dedication event for new york city's franklin d roosevelt for freedoms park so they're at a some kind of a commencement speech for a roosevelt okay so I will put this in the show notes for sure. If anybody and he's, wants to see and, this video. and in the speech, he's telling the audience hey. that last that he spoke to his wife last night, yeah. and she, then she said that she was speaking to Eleanor that night, and just said to say hi, and a couple other things. But yeah, that's not weird the point. At all. Is world leaders believe? So back to that, fifty percent of the world believes in ghosts. Well, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, they believe in ghosts. She talks to ghosts regularly, and. uh you know, Dan Aykroyd believes in ghosts. That's why that movie was so funny because Bill Bill Murray thought it was a joke. Right. Yeah. And the dynamic between the two is that he was really serious and he was yeah. making a joke about all of it. But uh, Dan Aykroyd, if you asked him today, yeah, he believes in ghosts, hundred yeah. percent. So hey, they're the best. Uh, God, it's so strange just to think about Bill. Bill, that was not that long ago. That was during Obama's administration. That he's that she's still yeah. communing with ghosts. 
Yeah. Or the spirits of dead people. Yeah, that's pretty weird. She ain't Catholic, I'll tell you that. <laughs> We're, we ain't doing that. No. He said Dan Aykroyd might be doing that. I you think know, your, uh, your priest buddy is wise to say. I yeah, no, he was, he, was, he was like adamant. He was like, no, you don't want to have anything to do with that. No, I don't think so. I mean, kind of like we said earlier in the conversation. I mean, if that were to happen, I don't think I would just continue to hang out in the house. I don't think I would yeah, try I and recreate sleep. the situation. It's pretty weird. Yeah. I don't want to see a ghost. I mean, I've seen UFOs. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I really That's I, I, well, that's my take on UFOs. Like a lot of people say I want to see one and you you said the same thing. And I'm I keep going back to like I don't know that we want them here. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I I don't either. I I I'm I'm just saying that I've seen one and it like do I want to see a ghost? I I really don't want to see a ghost. <laughs> I, I think I I personally okay, this may where we button it up, but like uh my personal take is I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in the spiritual realm. Exactly what a ghost is, I don't know. Because, I mean, there seems to be some contradictions or it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, spirits are supposed to be non-physical, but sometimes they can be physical. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does that work? Well, the last one I was going to hit, I know you're wanting to button it up, but this was, I thought, the most interesting one. Oh, go ahead. Um, but I won't take a terribly long time on it. Uh, do you remember in 2011, there was a tsunami that, there was an earthquake which caused a tsunami which wiped out a bunch of of Japan? Yes. Okay. Um, and that took out like, I want to say something like, I can't remember if this is going to, you know, we were saying the other day, like a couple of lives is a tragedy, you know, thousand lives is statistic. I cannot remember if it was 20,000 or 200,000 lives, but I mean, <laughs> tens of thousands of Either people, way is, it was tragedy. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> um, you know, and you're pretty giant, insensitive about the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, giant swath of Japan wiped out. And, um, there are multiple accounts specifically from taxi cab drivers in Japan of, giving rides to ghosts so i mean they it's not like they go and they see somebody in a white sheet and they pull over and come on and get in my cab but it's like one of the first stories that that they give out is uh this is all right after the tsunami it's uh this so that tsunami was in march of 2011 uh the summer of 2011 this cab driver's doing his shift pulls over to pick up a passenger is this young female in a jacket, which he thought was weird because she's wearing like a heavy winter coat and her hair was wet, um, which is a weird thing in June to be doing. Yeah. And she asked to go to a particular part of town that had been really devastated by this tsunami. And the the guy said, the driver says something like, okay, well, we're heading that way. Are you sure you want to go over? There's really nothing over there now that the tsunami took everything out. And then she said something like, oh, am I, am I dead? And he turns around and she's disappeared. Now, cab drivers, you could, you know, <laughs> say a lot of things about them. Um, but the weird thing is there are more than one, uh, there's more than one account of this happening. And more than once, the, the fare actually gets taken. So that's like kind of the thing they go back to is, 
the cab some drivers, kind of documentation. Yeah, the yeah. cab driver turns the the meter on, makes the drive towards that area, and then you know their passenger's gone. Um, and some hmm. of these stories, it's uh, some of these stories, it's somebody that wants... other Japanese stories in that area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty common. It's something like there was a there was a book that accrued like a book of about a hundred of these cab driver accounts of people giving rides to what they believe to be ghosts from so there was something there was a couple thousand lives of folks that were people just counted as missing they didn't hmm. know what happened to them um so that was like one of the more interesting things i came across looking up ghost stories was like guys that weren't looking to be famous for being ghost storytellers and the kind of the consistent thing was that they actually had a little bit of documentation that at least they turned their meter on for some reason and they went to go take a ride all the way to the area where this tsunami hit it's also weird that it seems like there's like ghost hot spots yeah you uh-huh. know like it has something to do with where you are like i think in japanese culture ghosts are yes. like a big part of the culture yeah but you go to new orleans mm-hmm. like there's ghosts and yeah. um so far around here, not a lot of ghosts. No, yeah. Although I tried to scare the shit out of my kids again with a ghost of Trinity Lots Creek of story. Oh, they okay. didn't buy it though. They were too ghost old by Trinity that point. Trinity Creek. <laughs> the entry to your neighborhood is the least scary entry. I know. <laughs> I had to create an elaborate Indian burial ground kind of backstory, oh, but they still goodness. didn't go with it. Yeah. That's pretty far fetched. That's Oklahoma. Yeah. Everywhere could be an Indian. That, well, that part's not far-fetched. <laughs> what I mean is like your neighborhood, like mine, is about the least haunted looking neighborhood yeah. that you could find. Well, not right now. Halloween's right around the well, corner. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, no, you're right. It's not scary at all. Again, PZ's neighborhood, you could say there's ghosts. Uh, oh, and uh, gosh, should I tell him about our friend at Kane's? I don't know if Brad wants me to like. So I said, Brad, do you, have you heard Brad's ghost stories? Maybe I'll just put it out there and say, I'll, I'll say this. Kane's ballroom in Tulsa, mm-hmm. a lot of history, definitely haunted. <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell Brad's stories because I don't know if he wants everyone to know. Like, I think he has some really cool ghost stories of stuff that he's just being there at two o'clock in the morning. I was going to say, Brad has spent a lot of time in that building yes. by himself yeah. in the middle of the night. And, and uh, but we captured a ghost on camera, Nick and I. At, at Kane's? Kane's. Okay. So um, it was really weird because there was an event and Nick was taking pictures and he's taking a picture of our friend and he doesn't notice till he's editing the picture that on her dress is a perfect shadow of a man in a cowboy hat. And he was thinking like, I don't remember seeing anybody in a cowboy hat there that night. So he shows it to me and I'm looking and it's like, that is weird. It looks like a profile and where he's standing. It seems really hard to see that a shadow, like it would have to have been like behind and in front or whatever. But then I noticed that there's in Canes, you have all these pictures around the outside mm-hmm. of all the old timers of Bob Wills and all the Texas mm-hmm. playboys behind everyone and if you look at the shadow and you look at the f- picture of the person right behind my friend it's a perfect profile of that guy on her dress mm. even so much as that he's has a kerchief on like a cowboy hat yeah, like yeah. old timey yeah. the shadow looks exactly like the profile of the picture behind him 
Yeah, that's pretty weird. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. <laughs> Surprise. So we assumed it's a ghost because we're dumb. <laughs> it's it's, it's certainly like, not an artifact in the photography. No, no, no. It's just like a weird like shadow that you're like, well, it looks exactly like that dead guy that's right behind her. I don't know. If I were one of the Texas Playboys and had played at Kane's You'd haunt that place. Yeah, I'm thinking sure. if I yeah, if I was notable enough to have my poster up Especially in there. Especially when you see some of the acts in the late nineties they were letting in there. I <laughs> ICP, like I'm gonna come and oh, haunt that place yeah, for sure. For sure. Call that music. That's what it is. That's, it's all these angry old oh, cowboys who are just rolling in their grave yeah. because of all the terrible music they brought in there that in hilarious. like that like couple yeah. of decades. Them and Tech Nine. Tech yeah. Nine. I'm gonna haunt you forever for that and all the tech nine fans that we have are really going to be upset about our take on them at icp yeah i'm okay with that yeah anyway uh finally to button it up what's your opinion do you believe in ghosts yeah well i'm kind of like uh that guy dave on necronomapod all three of those guys are pretty dismissive of like religious stuff and that was funny to listen to that episode where they were like they had some enough credibility to some of these accounts where they were like, boy, this is really challenging some of my beliefs. <laughs> um, and I must believe in them enough because like when you said, I don't want to see one, I was like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> there you go. So I, if you thought it was nothing, I, why yeah. would you even care? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I must believe in them enough to want to steer clear of them. Well, if you ever see one, please let me know. And uh, the world, we could, through the podcast. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it's a fascinating subject. I don't think we could ever like get to like what exactly a ghost is. I mean, I don't, I know I said it's a spirit, but it's one of those things. It's like, well, what does that even mean? Right. I, yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I know what that means. Yeah. It animates the body, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the liver. <laughs> In the liver. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please like, share, subscribe, all those wonderful things. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.